Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. For the first time in my life, you know, I saw my kids off to school, I put them on the bus, and I went home and I sat in my couch and my calendar was clear. And I got to tell you, that was the scariest, most eye-opening experience I've ever had in my life. Today on episode 14 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Brian Califano. After more than two decades as a corporate controller and CPA, Brian launched his own company that serves entrepreneurs as a finance partner. Listen to Brian discuss how people who knew him well were surprised by what he did and when he did it. You can find out more about Brian and all of our episodes at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo. If you're building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on schedule time with David to speak with me. Now, before we jump into this incredibly important topic with Brian, I'd like to talk to you about CASSource. If you're creating content that gives real value, ideas, information, a story, a gift, or entertainment, and you want to build connections with your audience, call the marketing team at CASSource. They'll help you with the creative and the execution of the creative. Learn more by visiting cascm.com. Now let's welcome Brian Califano. Brian is the co-founder and managing director of Accelerating CFO. Brian started Accelerating CFO after realizing that there were many entrepreneurs and small to mid-sized companies that needed a finance partner that can assist in managing their business using policies and procedures utilized by Fortune 50 companies. His true passion is to take his vast experience as a senior finance executive and help his clients maximize their net worth. Brian, welcome to the show. David, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you again. Brian, it's really great what you're doing. Um, there's so many small businesses, small small to mid-sized companies that can certainly use the kinds of uh, expertise that you have from uh, from working with much larger companies. Before we kind of get into that, what triggered you to start your business in the first place? Right. So I will say that the burning desire for me to start my company had been going on for about 10 years. And when I was with the last company that I was with before I started accelerating CFO. Uh, it was a company that we were basically in the music and entertainment industry. We were purchasing other companies in similar space that we were looking at in the electronic dance music uh, genre, if you will, if anybody interested in that genre. And we we purchased a bunch of companies, consolidated together, and spun it off. During my time, as I was literally the second employee hired at this company that we ended up working out of this consolidation package, if you will. What we did was we uh, I dealt with a lot of small, medium-sized businesses. These small business owners, um, all of them were male, just happened to be that way, in their 20s, uh, ranging in anywhere from 5 to $15 million in revenue. And what I noticed when I was looking at these companies was that they did not have somebody like myself on the other side of the table assist- assisting them in negotiations. They had a CPA firm that helped them with their taxes and their sales tax, and they were good at what they did. But they didn't have anybody they could lean on for the most part that gave them good, solid advice in terms of how they could handle this deal or what they were getting into going into what was going to become a public company. So I started thinking about it and saying, well, why did they not have this? At the time, I was working with 
at any time between 10 to 15 companies we were doing due diligence on. And I thought it was more than just a coincidence that none of those companies had somebody like myself. Doing some research and, and so forth, I realized that the reason why is because other than a, a large nationally known company at the time, there was real no CFOs that would help these smaller businesses on a fractional or a part-time basis, stuff that they needed to get done. So I started thinking on my entrepreneurial mind that had been dormant up to that point and thinking maybe I can create a company to help small businesses who didn't really need a full-time CFO, but for those big transactions, whether they were selling a company or going to position themselves to make a major move from $5 million to $50 million in revenue, or if they were going to buy a company, these are all things that only happened once or twice in a lifetime, but through my career progression, I'd seen several times. So I realized that that was missing, and that kind of gave me the fire to really create a business model that could potentially work for those businesses. So as I was going through this, you know, we were going through the IPO, which was at that point in my career, the next logical career checklist, bucket list, if you will, that I wanted to accomplish. So at that point, I went through, you know, during the day and most of the evening doing the IPO and getting that ready. And then when I wasn't doing that for the few hours of sleep that I was allotted, I was working on this company and what it would look like and what would make sense. And that gave me the impetus to really to to give me the fire, give me the fuel, give me the the motivation to really create a company that I felt that was ready for, you know, the business world. It took me um, about, you know, six months or so post IPO. So what happened was for my timeline, I got to we went live in October, I think it was 10th, uh, 2013. And then that Friday, I resigned and negotiated my buyout because I said this was what I needed to do. This was the next step in my career. And um, I wanted to put 110% into it rather than divide myself into two different jobs. And how did your employer react? My employer, well, I didn't tell them all that I was doing. I think they were a little bit shocked because uh, if or anybody who's ever gone through an IPO, that was kind of like, gravy time, right? So you work 14 to 16 hours at a day, five, six days, oftentimes seven days a week, because there's so many regulations and the way that we were doing the roll up as, you know, to use uh, accounting uh, slang, if you will, when we were doing the roll up, there was a lot of multiple scenarios because we were at any time purchasing five to seven to 10 companies and including them in the potential public filing. And, you know, as anybody who's familiar with the M&A side of things, you know, deals go through roller coasters. So try to manage 10 roller coasters going through that and all the pro forma scenarios that had to be done. So it took some time, you know, it, it was very hectic and, and stressful. And now that we had finalized it and raised $250 million on the public debt, on the, excuse me, the public uh, exchange market through NASDAQ, it would have been, quote unquote, the time to really accelerate and start to to grow from there and really start to, quote unquote, take it easy. And for me, I was like, all right, I accomplished what I wanted to do through the IPO process. And I only saw this as normal regulatory filings, the SEC stuff at that point. And I had done that previously in my career, and I didn't feel I, I could learn anything further from that. So that's what gave me the impetus, really, to kind of get up and go. In terms of what my employer said, mm-hmm. they were kind of scratching their heads because it was kind of, you know, it should have been the very logical time for you to stop, you know, and say, I don't want to say, you know, take the vacations I had postponed, 
you know, start to track the stock and, you know, start to plan, you know, the, the quote unquote big buyout, uh, the sell off, if you will. So they were a little taken aback, but they were like, all right, well, you know, good luck. And, uh, you know, if you need, if you ever want to come back, let me know. But, you know, I didn't go back, never look back, just, you know, blaze forward with accelerating CFO. And how many years of experience did you have in your career at that, at the point when you made this, when you started accelerating CFO? Yeah, it was uh, 23 years of experience at that point, the various ranges from controllership, CPA, uh, the big six firm, CPA for public uh, traded companies along the way. And, you know, for me, it's it was very unusual because I would work for very large companies, you know, in the multi-billion dollar range for all of my career or been associated with them with all my career. So for me to step aside and walk away from that and to really start from scratch, you know, I had a lot of friends and colleagues, you know, kind of say, all right, you know, that, you know, good luck, you know, kind of question mark in the air. Yeah. What's wrong? And, and what's wrong with Brian? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like what, so, so, so let me get this straight. You went through your IPO and you walked away after that, that some, there's probably some other part of the story that you're not telling us. And, you know, I said to them, frankly, that's the story. You know, I wasn't eased out. I wasn't pushed out. It was just my time to do something different. And it was something that, frankly, had been built up over the years and just came to germination at that point, right? So prior to me doing what I did, you know, when I worked, you know, the one thing that you always worry about when you work for big companies is, um, and I, you know, I, I can name them because there's no, it could be any other companies, but just say whether you work for McGraw Hill Companies, Computer Associates, uh, Kaplan, National Hockey League, Viacom, and many, many others you can name under the sun. You're always fearful. Like, you know, I was making a very good living, very happy with what I was in my career, doing a lot of cool things. And, you know, at, at the parties with friends and family and the professional stuff, you know, to say that you're a CFO for, you know, the Viacoms and the and those big names of the world, it's both an ego boost and raised eyebrows. And you kind of get accustomed to that. And what I started to realize as you go up the ladder is it, it, it kind of rings hollow after a while. In the sense that if you're not really happy what you're doing, you know, being in the ivory tower as long as I was, while satisfying to the ego, was not really satisfying that I was doing anything that I felt was productive in society. You know, to to do public filings and and to assist large companies acquiring smaller ones and and mer- merging them in and doing what a you know a CFO slash controller does for the larger companies that are out there. You know, there is a satisfaction to it and there is definitely a place. And I don't mean to belittle those who are listening on on this podcast or anybody else because I was in those chairs and I and I did my job well. But there came a point in my life where I said, you know, I wanted to start a company, but I just never had the confidence or the the courage to really say, hey, you know, I can take these skills that I'm doing and transport it in a way that makes sense. Because when you're doing what I'm doing, right, if you're at if you're working in for one of those companies or any other larger company space um, that you have, how do you translate that to a business? You know, it doesn't really translate well in terms of, you know, I didn't know how to, to transport my my skill set into the into the workplace. And one of the things that I learned as I got to meet with entrepreneurs and smaller businesses and talk with them, I realized that stuff that I had taken for granted, you know, the the structures that are in place, the technology you know, the knowledge of accounting and finance and forecasting, 
that I assumed was you know fundamental to every business was not in terms of when you talk about small and medium sized businesses. You know, when I when walking into that world that I'm in now, you know, a lot of business owners are very all of the all of my clients, and I'm sure yours as well, David. They're all bright, intelligent people, but they may or may not, in my case, have a good knowledge of what finance is all about, like how you can take, you know, quote unquote, number crunching and really transform your business to make more intelligent decisions. So what started out for me is like, what am I going to do? I was like, oh, my goodness, there's a lot of people out there that could use my skill set and really and which got me excited about it. It made me realize, you know, I wasn't leaving something that I would regret, I was going towards something where I could really make an impact on the lives of multiple business owners out there in the world. Right. So you really had a personal mission. I did. And I think, you know, what the thing was too, is that, you know, when you do this and you make that jump, you know, there's something in, at least for me, where I said to myself, you know, when is my number up? You know, unfortunately, when you work in bigger companies, you have to do, you know, while you do a lot of hiring and adding to your departments, there are many times where you have to lay off people or you have to tell them that it's not, you know, the numbers aren't good and quote unquote, your number is up. And that's not an easy, it's not easy to deliver on either side of the desk. You know, I've been on the desk where I've had to deliver that. And I've been on the other side of the desk where it's been delivered to me. And I tell you, it's not an easy situation either way. But you know, when I look back on those times where I said to myself, well, I need to get a job because I have to take care of my family. I have to take care of my kids. You know, where's the college fund coming from? Where is that? And you worry about staying in a job that you may or may not necessarily like. When I hit that eureka moment and said, this is what I'm going to do and have the faith that somehow, some way you're going to scratch claw and make your way successful to where you're going to be maybe not making as much money as you were, but definitely having a more uh, intrinsically valuable career behind it. It's something that, you know, I wish I would have experienced earlier and seen the signs sooner and had the courage to do it sooner than, than I did, which is now going on six years. Yeah. Well, congratulations for doing it for six years. And yes, it takes a lot of courage to make the jump, particularly if you're making it proactively. A lot of people make it reactively because they, because their number is up. As you just Correct. described it. Yeah. And you know what? And it may happen that way. And for people who are listening that, you know, your number was up, you know, you the thing that you have to understand is it's not about your abilities and it's not about um, the value that you can provide to people. It's just sometimes, you know, things happen in a way and they think I truly believe looking back on my life and career in many ways, things happen for a reason. You know, things, steps happen along the way or divine intervention, however you want to interpret it, things happen. And sometimes you need to listen to what the universe is telling you. And maybe they're searing you in a way that you don't think is comfortable for you, or you don't think is the right thing, but it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. So so anyway, so Brian, now getting into the weeds of like day one of accelerating CFO. Yeah. What was it like? Scary. I mean, when I... (laughs) When I look back on day one, so I, you know, I married a wonderful woman who was supporting me every inch of the way and was telling me to do this. I whispered in my ear for many, many years to do this. And I said to her, how can I do it? And I came with every excuse in the world. And when I finally ran out of excuses, I finally did it. And I remember for the first time in my life, so after 23 years of, you know, going through college and, and grad school 
and multiple jobs. And I always went from one job to another, right? I was, I was always upward, moving onward and upward in my career. I was very fortunate in that. You know, for the first time in my life, you know, I saw my kids off to school. I put them on the bus and I went home and I sat in my couch and my calendar was clear. And I got to tell you, that was the scariest, most eye-opening experience I've ever had in my life. You know, for a person who at that point in my life, you know, had, a, you know, was a self-proclaimed high-ranking finance person, all these different companies and all the, and all the pluses that come with it. All of a sudden, I felt like a zero. And that was something that I probably sat around and said for about an hour, I felt sorry for myself. And then finally, I, I finally kicked myself in the butt and said, you know what? If you're going to make this company grow, it's not going to happen by just sitting here. You got to start mapping out a plan, start to orchestrate what it is that you thought of that you needed to do, put it down on paper and start to make phone calls and telling people what you did, why you did it, and how you're going to make an impact in people's lives. And I was fortunate to, by reaching out to multiple people and emails and phone calls, telling them what my situation was like, I was able to get several people to say to me, hey, you know, good luck. I really wish you well. You know, besides the phone calls, like I mentioned earlier about the, oh, good luck, kind of like bewildered people, you know, thinking, you know, what the hell would anybody do that for? But I also had several people, mostly entrepreneurs and people who were in the, you know, in the small, medium-sized business space already who said, yeah, you can make this work. Let me make some phone calls for you. Let me introduce you to some people and, and try to get this business off the ground. And that's, you know, I kissed a lot of babies and shook a lot of hands the first six months. And, uh, um, and to take that establishment and really build off that and get and go to networking groups and go to the local civic associations and meet small business owners there and just really just try to reacquaint myself and really learn about a new segment of business that I had never been exposed to previously, or at least to that level. And that was the biggest thing I did. So day one was a little bit hairy, but it got better with each passing day. And then I got my first client and then I worked on that client and then I worked on other stuff and got introduced to people and you just kind of keep the momentum going. And, you know, you, you know, I allowed myself to feel kind of, I don't want to say bad for myself, but kind of like let that scariness kind of paralyze me for, like I said, an hour. But with that, I just kind of got my engine going and just got my entrepreneurial juices going. And that was, that's really what propelled me to where we are today. Brian, what was most helpful to to you to overcome any kind of negative feelings of not having your calendar full, not having paying clients, having lots of rejections? We all know that when you're when you're selling, especially at the beginning, there are probably a lot more rejections than there are acceptances of of the kind of value you can bring. What kept you going? I felt I, with all of my heart and soul, I believe this was the right thing for me to do. And I knew there was a marketplace out there for me. And the biggest thing I needed to convey to people was that I was the right person for them. And there was no other way to do it other than being as transparent and as open and as honest as I could be. You know, I had to be myself. And that kind of propelled me that I knew that the next phone call was going to be the call that was going to get me the client that was going to get me really the brand that I really saw myself being. And I still have that to this day. I still push myself, even as we acquire clients and we get more employees and as we build, I always think, oh, it's that next client. That's the one that's going to really put us on the map nationally. Or that's going to put us on the map globally. And you know, whenever I feel like I don't want to go on there, 
uh, I don't want to go in the city. Let's say if I'm on Long Island where I live and I'm like, oh, there's a five o'clock thing in the city. That means I have to go on the railroad and take the train. I always think I might meet that, meet that, I might meet that person that will that I'll be able to touch directly and be able to resonate with. And that's the person who needs my help the most. And that really is what what kept me going all those times. And I think that, you know, the the desire to help people, the desire to feel that I could be the person that will create the next Uber, or the next Microsoft, whatever big company that started out of somebody's garage, that's really what gets me involved and that's what gets me juiced up because I feel that, that that person who's now operating either at a very small space or very has that nebulous idea but they're not quite sure how they can make it a business plan, that's the person I wanna I wanna meet and that's the person I want to impact whose lives because that'll create the jobs that we need in the small market small medium sized business area. It'll create the wealth that will allow people to the freedom to do what they want and to create, you know, value in this world. So that's what propels me. Yeah, that sounds great. Brian, what's your business like today, six years in? Six years in, you know, we have right now um, a steady between, you know, I have a par- I've had a partner right from the beginning, actually, who is kind of kindred spirits with me. We, uh, we feel the same way. We've grown the same way. I've known him professionally for, uh, sadly, uh, sadly, in the sense it makes us feel old, about 25 years now. And, uh, it's hard to realize that, but we've gone through so much personally in our lives, getting married and having kids and such. And now we we, we both came to the same port um, in terms of our business. So now the two of us together, we have right now about, you know, at any given point between 12 and, and 16 active clients. We have uh, five full-time employees working for us. We have another three to five uh, business consultants working with us nation and worldwide. And we have an offshore uh, bookkeeping firm that we use to help our clients who don't have any finance staff to assist. We allow them to work that, you know, we have them basically become their outsourced finance function for that firm. So um, that's where we are now. You know, we're also looking to grow. You know, what I always tell, you know, it's easy to to convey the excitement when I talk to a, a business owner because I'm I'm a business owner myself. I'm excited as well. I'm looking to get Accelerating CFO to be the premier investing the CFO consulting firm of the of the world. And that's what really drives me to be the best. And you know, that means surrounding yourself with positive people, competent people, excellent what they do, and who have, who share the same vision as us. So it's it's really exciting to to have that as our backbone today. So that's where we are now and where we'll be five years from now, you know, we don't know. I mean we want to be like I said, you know, the premier CFO consulting company in the world. And I think we can, I know we can do it. I don't think, I know it. I think I know the path to take it, but I know we're going to make it. And um, it really stokes me every day. It's exciting. Brian, congratulations on pursuing your mission on everything you've achieved so far. Um, Thank you. I certainly wish you the best as you continue to evolve and grow. And um, yeah, I certainly know a lot of small and mid-sized businesses that could use the kind of help that you provide. Um, Thank you. So yeah. So and listen, your podcasts are great. I've been listening to them over the years, David. And you know, uh, we you know we've been each other's guests on podcasts, and I love listening to your delivery because I think your messages are always spot on for not just small business owners, but for people in general. So thank you for that, and and your numerous contributions over the years for that as well. Thanks so much, Brian. So if somebody wants to 
get in touch with you, access any resources you have, or go deeper with anything we've talked about today, where would they go? Absolutely. So I would say our URL is uh, acceleratingcfo.com, A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-N-G-C-F-O.com. You can email me directly at brian at acceleratingcfo.com. If you mention that you heard me on this podcast, I will uh, will give you a free diagnostic on your business and give you an evaluation on that. And you can also reach me on my on our telephone number, which is 917-528-1832. And I'm an extension two if you will need to reach me directly. And um, I also have a newsletter if you sign up on the website and uh, and subscribe to it. I'll be more than happy to tell you my insights on, on business in, in the small, medium-sized business world. And um, things that we're taking, helping our, our clients to help them reach their fullest potential quicker. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My guest today has been Brian Califano, the co-founder and managing partner of Accelerating CFO. Thank you again, Brian, for joining us. Thanks, David. Have a great day. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash solo. You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Brian went from corporate controller and CPA to small business owner and much more. If you are building your own business after a late career job loss, let's talk. Go to our website at smashingtheplateau.com and click on Schedule Time with David to speak with me. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Going Solo to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.